Hello, this is Nikdha from Newslaundry.com bringing you your daily dose of news. Today is Tuesday, the 3rd of November. India's COVID-19 tally remained on the 82 lakh or 8.2 million mark today. Fresh cases recorded in the last 24 hours dropped below 40,000. This is the first time in a week that the daily case count was under the 40,000 mark. The last time this happened was on October 27th. In addition, the one-day COVID-19 tally is 15% lower than Sunday's when the country recorded over 45,000 cases. India's recovery rate has almost touched 92% with over 76 lakh people having recovered from the disease. Under 500 new fatalities were recorded in the last 24 hours and the nationwide death toll reached the 1,23,000 mark. There has been a significant and consistent decline in coronavirus cases in the country since its mid-September peak of almost 1 lakh cases a day to now. Experts, however, have warned against laxity in following COVID safety measures as dropping temperatures in winter months could see a sharp spike in cases. On October 30th, that is last Friday, 19 passengers on Air India's Vande Bharat flight to Wuhan had tested positive for COVID-19 at Wuhan airport in China. Air India yesterday reacted to the report saying that it strictly adheres to all safety protocols and that all passengers on its Wuhan flight held negative COVID-19 test reports from certified labs. It also said in a statement to NDTV that there was no question of passengers boarding any of its flights without valid COVID reports. Press Trust of India reported that besides the 19 Indians who had tested positive, antibodies were found in the tests of 39 others. All 58 are believed to have been transferred to COVID-19 hospitals. According to standard Chinese protocol, all those who tested positive will be released only after they test negative. The rules also entail mandatory 14 days of quarantine in designated hotels for all the incoming passengers regardless of negative COVID test reports. Last Friday's flight was the sixth one to China and the first to Wuhan, which was where the pandemic was suspected to have originated. This is not the first time that outbound passengers on international Air India flights have tested positive on arrival. On Wednesday, Hong Kong had banned all Air India flights till November 10th. This came after a few passengers on a flight from Mumbai tested positive on arrival. This was the fourth time that the Hong Kong government banned Air India flights from the country. Delhi's annual air pollution during winter months could this year mean more residents breathing toxic air. In the wake of the pandemic, poor air quality could decrease people's ability to resist the infection. According to the World Air Quality Index, Delhi's 28 million people have not had a single day of clean air since early September. As of this morning, the air quality index in the city continued to be in the very poor category. Data also showed that the number of stubble burning incidents in the neighboring Punjab have risen by 49% this season. Stubble burning or farm fires are one of the major contributors to Delhi's pollution problem aside from vehicular and industrial emissions. K. Sainath Reddy, president of the Public Health Foundation, has said that COVID-19 and air pollution are a dangerous combination. Air pollution causes damage and inflammation in the lungs and other body tissues, reducing the body's ability to resist the virus, which may result in more severe forms of the infection. While the spotlight has been on the 2020 Bihar Assembly election, the second phase of voting for which happened today, by-elections are scheduled for 56 other assembly seats in 11 states today. These polls are significant for the BJP as well as the opposition. They are also being seen by many as a test for the public approval of the record of the government of Prime Minister Narendra Modi in its second term. 
State assemblies across the country currently have 63 vacant seats. 54 of these will be filled by by-elections today. The biggest chunk of assembly seats are up for elections in Madhya Pradesh today where 28 seats are waiting to be filled. By-elections for 8 seats are being held in Gujarat, 7 in Uttar Pradesh, 2 each in Odisha, Nagaland, Karnataka and Jharkhand and 1 seat each in Chhattisgarh, Telangana and Haryana. Voting for the remaining two seats in Manipur will be held on 7th of November. The elections in Madhya Pradesh will decide the political fate of four prominent leaders in the state. Kamal Nath of the Congress, Jyoti Raditya Sindhya, Shivraj Singh Chauhan and Narendra Singh Tomar of the Bhartiya Janta Party. This election is especially important for Jyoti Raditya Sindhya, whose 22 loyalists had followed him out of Congress and into the BJP this March. This had resulted in the pulling down of the Kamal Nath government in Madhya Pradesh. A voter turnout of around 26% was recorded in Madhya Pradesh till 11am today, according to the Election Commission. In Gujarat, the elections were prompted by the resignations of eight Congress MLAs in June. Five of them had defected to the BJP and are now seeking to win seats in the by-elections. In Uttar Pradesh, a total of 93 candidates are standing for election for seven assembly seats. Among the seats going to polls is Bangar Mao in Unnao district. Here, the vacancy arose after BJP MLA Kuldeep Singh Senghar was convicted of rape and murder of a minor in 2017. The opposition in Uttar Pradesh is targeting the government on the issue of law and order, especially crimes against women and the recent spate of alleged caste crimes in the state, including the Hathras incident. Meanwhile, voting is on in 94 of Bihar's 243 seats today in the second phase of assembly election. 2.85 crore voters are eligible to decide the fate of nearly 1,500 candidates today. As of 1pm, Bihar recorded 32.82% of voter turnout. As polling is underway, campaigning by major candidates for the third phase of the election is also in full swing. Prime Minister Narendra Modi is spearheading NDA's campaign. He urged voters today in Araria to bring the BJP-JDU government back to power. He said, and I quote, Lawlessness and extortion are losing, while development and rule of law are winning in Bihar. Unquote. The opposition candidate, Rashtri Jantadal Tejaswi Yadav, made similar allegations against incumbent Chief Minister and JDU leader Nitish Kumar regarding 60 alleged scams that happened during his term. In a reality check, however, a report has shown that the percentage of candidates standing in elections with a criminal background has increased this year. A report published by the Association of Democratic Reforms, or ADR, shows that there has been a rise in the number of candidates with criminal antecedents compared to 2015. This was despite the Supreme Court ruling earlier this year asking political parties to justify such nominations. Out of the over 3,700 candidates analysed in the Bihar Assembly elections of 2020, 32% candidates have declared criminal cases against them. Compared to the 2015 election, where out of around 3,400 candidates analysed, 30% had criminal cases against them. There has also been a rise in the number of candidates with serious criminal cases against them. 25% candidates have such cases against them this year, compared to the 23% of candidates in 2015. With new jibes and incidents of name-calling and political mockery coming from the election battleground in Bihar every day, the real election issues of education, employment, agriculture, women's safety and healthcare seem to have been left in the background. Wonder if the mainstream television media is making people aware of these issues or are they giving fuel to the political banter? 
Check out the latest episode of TV Newsense on News Laundry's YouTube channel in which Manisha Pandey analyzed how Bihar Assembly elections have been covered by news channels this year. News Laundry correspondent Pratik Goyal, who had reported on the Sakal Times layoffs, has been facing constant harassment by the Sakal Media Group. On March 27th this year, News Laundry had reported that the Sakal Media Group, one of Maharashtra's leading media houses, had sacked 15 employees in violation of a government directive not to terminate workers or cut their wages during the pandemic. The employees all worked in the editorial division of Sakal Times, a daily newspaper run by the Sakal Media Group. Two and a half months later, Sakal Times laid off its entire editorial staff of 50 to 60 people and shut down its print edition. News Laundry duly reported this on June 11th. On June 16th, News Laundry received a defamation notice for 65 crore rupees from Sakal Media Private Limited, alleging that our reports were false and defamatory. This is when the relentless harassment against our correspondent Pratik Goyal by Sakal Media with the help of Pune Police began. We promptly responded to the defamation notice, explaining that the allegations were baseless and asked Sakal Media to point out any facts that they found disputable. Instead of explaining what specific factual details in our stories they disputed, the Sakal Media Group filed an FIR against Pratik. It was filed on September 16th by Mahindra Pissal, who identified himself as the Chief Administrative Officer of Sakal Media Private Limited. The Sakal Media Group is owned and run by the politically influential Pawar family. The group's board of directors, according to its website, is chaired by Pratap G. Pawar, while his son Abhijit Pawar is the managing director. Pratap Pawar is the brother of NCP Chief Sharad Pawar, whose daughter Supriya Sule is also on the board. Pratap and Sharad Pawar's nephew Ajit Pawar is currently the Deputy Chief Minister of Maharashtra. Dear listeners, this is one of the many incidents that show how politicians and people with power and money try to arm-twist independent news organizations. As a media watchdog, News Laundry duly reports on all media-related stories across the country without handpicking a few. This incident is the perfect example of why we choose to remain a 100% ad-free news platform. Because we are a news organization that wants to serve you, that is the public. We are not here to push the agendas of powerful people in high places. We run on your subscriptions and support because of which we have been able to bring you important news stories in various formats from podcasts such as this, videos, ground reports, explainers, webinars and a lot more. We can only continue to do so if you pay to keep news free. So head over to newslaundry.com and check out all our recent reports from across the country and the media industry. If you like what you see, please do subscribe to News Laundry today. A basic monthly subscription costs as low as 300 rupees only. An FIR has been filed against actor Amitabh Bachchan and the makers of the TV show Kaun Banega Karodpati season 12 for allegedly hurting Hindu sentiments. The complaint was filed by BJP MLA Abhimanyu Pawar from Latur district of Maharashtra. The complaint to Latour Superintendent of Police said that action should be taken against Bachchan and Sony Entertainment Television over a question asked during Friday's Karam Veer special episode. The episode featured social activists fighting against manual scavenging Bezwada Wilson and actor Anup Soni in the hot seat opposite Bachchan. Pawar took offence to one of the questions asked in this particular episode. The question was, and I quote, on 25th of December 1927, Dr. B. R. Ambedkar and his followers burnt copies of which scripture? A. 
विष्णु पुराण बी भागवत गीता सी ऋग्वेद एंड डी मनुस्मृति अनकोट Bachchan then said and I quote again in 1927 Ambedkar condemned the ancient Hindu text Manusmriti that ideologically justifies caste discrimination and untouchability and burnt its copies unquote BJP's Abhimanyu Pawar took to Twitter and wrote that there had been an attempt to insult Hindus and create discord between Hindus and Buddhists who had been living in harmony He also attached a copy of his two-page letter to the police He also added that the question spread the message that Hindu religious scriptures were meant for burning and triggered enmity between Hindus and followers of Buddhism. Pawar was a close aide of Devendra Fadnavis who was the former chief minister of Maharashtra. The question on Konmaniga Karodpati also annoyed some people on social media who accused the show of running leftist propaganda. There were others who felt the same way as Pawar and accused the show of hurting Hindu sentiments. Filmmaker Vivek Agnihotri shared a clip from the show on Twitter claiming that Kon Banega Karodpati was hijacked by commies. He wrote and I quote, "Innocent kids learn. This is how culture wars are won. It's called coding." Unquote. And now for some international updates. Coronavirus has infected over 46.9 million people around the world, out of which 1.21 million have died due to the disease. World Health Organization's director Dr Tedros said on Monday that a recent spike in COVID-19 cases in some countries in Europe and North America presented leaders with a critical moment for action. He said and I quote this is another critical moment for action another critical moment for leaders to step up and another critical moment for people to come together for a common purpose seize the opportunity it is not too late unquote France reported a record of over 52,000 new COVID-19 cases on Monday and the number of people hospitalized with the disease rose by more than 1,000 for the fourth time in 8 days. Despite the new lockdown, the pandemic is showing no signs of slowing down in the country. Portugal too is considering a state of emergency to tackle COVID-19. President Marcelo Rebelo de Sousa said he is thinking of declaring a state of emergency as a preventive measure to fight the spread of the virus at a time when the infections are already soaring. Germany too has gone into a light lockdown mode today as the country's disease control agency recorded over 12,000 new confirmed COVID-19 infections in the last 24 hours. Bars, cinemas, theaters, museums, fitness studios and swimming pools will remain closed from today while cafes and restaurants are allowed to only offer takeaway food. US President Donald Trump meanwhile tried to stoke fears of a COVID lockdown under Joe Biden. In the final hours before election day, one of Trump's closing messages to Americans was an exaggerated threat that a Joe Biden presidency will result in a national COVID-19 lockdown. Speaking in Iowa on Sunday the president said that the election was a choice between a deadly Biden lockdown or a safe vaccine that ends the pandemic. The National Health Authority reported on Tuesday that China recorded 49 new COVID-19 cases on 2nd of November up from 24 a day earlier. The National Health Commission said in a statement that 44 of the new cases were imported infections originating from overseas. Austrian police have made several arrests at the addresses linked to an Islamic state sympathizer who killed at least four people in a terrorist shooting attack in Vienna on Monday night. The four people killed include two men and two women. 17 other people were wounded, some seriously, after gunmen opened fire at six different locations in the city center on Monday evening. Officials said that one attacker was shot dead by the police. 
Interior Minister of the country described the assailant killed by the police as an Islamist terrorist. He later told a news agency that the 20-year-old gunman had been released early from jail last December, eight months after he was convicted of trying to travel to Syria to join the militant Islamic State group. Austrian Chancellor Sebastian Kurz said on Wednesday that it was clearly an attack driven by hatred of our way of life, our democracy. The victims were in a city centre area busy with people in bars and restaurants near Vienna's central synagogue, but it is not yet clear if that was the target. That's all for today. Have a great day or a good night, depending on where you're listening from. See you tomorrow. All the News Laundry podcasts are available on Stitcher, iTunes and any other podcast platform. Please subscribe to News Laundry. Help us keep news independent. To catch all our podcasts on news, pop culture, current affairs and sport, visit newslaundry.com. Follow us on Facebook, Twitter and Instagram. And subscribe to our YouTube channel.